Manitobaville, the podcast, is brought to you by Rodeo Road Studios. Hang on to your hat. All right. Hey, Manitobaville, the podcast. Mangel here. Today we are Alpha at Play. We are talking about a new way to run a company, to build a company, to satisfy customers and make a difference. Alpha Technologies. We're going upstairs to see what he does. So this is the part that started in the garage. So I've been doing this for my whole life, you know, sales, technology sales of that type. And so this was started in the garage in 2011. That was in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah. Just where I live now, actually. That's where it was started. So, So this is where basically my area is here. So this is where I sit, this is where I park and do what I do. So this part of the company is the parent. So what you see downstairs, this company, so I'm the shareholder of Alpha. Alpha owns the building, Alpha owns Alpha Play, Alpha owns all the, it's the parent. It does, okay, so what things does it do when it comes to from the business standpoint? Here, we'll go in here and I'll show you. You guys draw on the glass this one? We draw everywhere. So I had the building. So when we designed the building, everything you see is thought-based, okay? It's Mm -hmm. here for a reason. So for example, this whiteboard paint, that was done because when I started in my garage, I had all of the walls of a 500 square foot area. I started it there with a person who's no longer with us, nor will they be discussed, um, as a friend, and gradually got to six full-time people in my garage. Really? So half of a, and we're talking about an 1100 square foot detached garage that's heated floor, yeah. but I turned half of it where my car would be, whatever, and the other half was basically counters and walls, all like this. Okay. And so what we did is we basically, yeah, have a seat. What we did is we basically um, started doing what I had done in the past for other companies. So I had managed $50 million ISO companies in the past. So I managed big sales companies, computer manufacturer, um, stuff for the federal government, NMSO, um, those type of contractual work. So I came in as a sales guy and then ended up just moving through through the ranks because I understand the technology side. But yet, I'm a salesy type of a talker. So usually those two don't mix very well. You usually have yeah. one or the other. Yeah. So at a certain point, instead of me pursuing, uh, going into database design, going into you know a great Westlife type of, a, which is what I'd gone to school for, mm-hmm. I ended up just staying in sales and more or less realizing the value of being able to talk on a level that I can talk to the people in the data center, but on a level where I can actually now go into a board meeting and talk to the VPs or the accounting people and understand and explain why you want to do this, because they don't understand each other. I'm like that agent that sits in the middle. So that went to 2011 where I was managing a company and the owner, his activities were ones that I wasn't appreciative of. As a result, in a confrontation, I ended up getting fired a few weeks later because I wouldn't tolerate his behavior. Hmm. Alpha Technologies was started as a result of that firing. <laughs> so I started in the garage with a big deal to a bank and then took that and just basically started to add the people that I'd had like 25 plus years in, in career already. So I already had certain people. So the first person I hired actually him. 
So he more or less came in, he was a guy who knew how to do some programming and graduated into the phone aspect of things, was extremely good at it. Now is one of our programmers, you know, in the company using database programming and that, like amazing, amazing individuals 13 years later, you know, but two of the guys have been here 13 years, for example, we don't have turnover. So what kind of work were you doing? Like your coding? Back then? No, no, no. Back then what we were doing is, first off, we were doing managed services. Salisbury House, for example, is one of our clients. <clears throat> they don't have an IT guy. Okay. They have Alpha. We do it all. Everything from their backup, if they have a problem with the computer, if they need somebody to come down, we are their IT company. So, so the you're, costs, dealing, you're dealing with like their... Uh... Everything, head office and the restaurants. Anything that goes down anywhere. If they have a wireless problem in one of the restaurants, we're the guys that deal with it. They okay. put in a ticket, we take care of everything. As a result, their cost towards having one employee, they pay us less than they would pay one employee easily yeah. and are far, far service better than they could be by one guy because one person as an IT person is a limitation. One of the things that I did in the beginning was I said, okay, 30-day contract. Mm -hmm. Nobody does that, but I do. You like me, I like you, we'll go on. Yeah, if yeah. you don't, see you later. You'll pay your bills, see you later. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've been fired? Do you know how many uh, times I've fired clients? Uh, it's a really different number, you'd be you, amazed. You've probably never been fired. No, we have, once. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't put up a shindico. Just once? I wouldn't put up a shindico, okay. yeah. And I've probably fired five or six different clients at least. Yeah. That's one the of them, Don, one of them came back, actually. That's the Don Draper thing in Mad Men. He's yeah. like, we have the right to fire the client. We you have, want to walk with a swagger? Yeah. You think the customer's always right? Tell yeah. that to your dentist. That was Tell made that by to your that, doctor. That was made by that pottery guy in England as a marketing ploy. Is that? The, well, yeah. the, client, the customer's always right. Yeah, he he just said that. And yeah. now everybody thinks that's I've right. had people say that to me, Go and I destroy street. it. And I laugh at people. And again, <laughs> I, I, can, I can do that because I don't answer to anybody. The customer's here because they don't know how to do what you do. No. So how can they be right? If you know what you're doing, then hey, please go do it. Yeah. I but, don't but it's not about who's right. It's no. about, I had no idea how to do this. I'm coming to you. You, mm -hmm. you know how to do it. I'm, and you're going to ask me. How do you approach a doctor? But you're going to ask me, what do you want actually done in general? And I'll help you with the technology. How do you approach side. a doctor? Do you go to your doctor and tell him what to do? Well, or do you go to your doctor and tell him what you want to accomplish? I want to be Well, healthy. it has to be symbiotic. And it has to be, you have to explain what you're feeling and what's going on and he, the only has, symbiotic and he, and well, he has to bring a lot of knowledge the to only symbiotic aspect of my relationship with people is pay your damn bill because <laughs> no we're not sharing you're no. going to share your problem and I'm going to tell you what to do no, exactly. and if you don't want to do what I'm telling you what to do yeah. then go no no but that's what I'm saying that's the yeah. symbiotic relationship Yeah, I say Alan you do this stuff yeah. I need this stuff but I need it in this way for my company you go oh I can do that but if you try to tell me how to do your no, solution, no, no, I'm not worried about that. I'll fire you. That's I'm why. Not, the, that's why. So I'm that's the thirty day. That's yeah. the thirty day for yeah. me. I'm because not I don't, going I don't, to. Have I don't want to get into what you do because no. that's your business. And so, if you want to partially tell me, no. And this yeah. is the problem I had working for other companies. I had to put up with people's shit. Yeah. I don't answer to anybody in my company. Yeah. I answer to me. I answer to my own how conscience. Does, how, so, in, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. how do you how do you see your company versus other companies? In which where area? Which column? Well, in this exact area we're talking about, like and working technical with smarts. And, do you mean? Or, no, or just the, just in the the moral outlook and. Oh, the, we're uh, the only game that thinks this way. We're the yeah. only ones that. There's no other company that has a thirty day contract. There's no other company that's willing to put their name on the line all the time. There's no company that doesn't bind. There's no company that produces their own SIP channels to do their VoIP. They don't buy MTSs or Bells. We develop our own product in different areas of Canada. My filament's developed in Canada. So I'm still a big local boy when it comes to that. But I, we don't have, there's no, we're so nimble. Nobody could catch us. I'm a pain in the ass. I mean, I'm $25 a line. They're 37, they're on a three-year contract. I mean, nobody. 
Nobody. I mean, we've got we've got companies that we're helping to generate revenue. We're not just coming into your company to help you save some money. That's just a natural, because you've been so uh, taken advantage of by by MTS because they oversubscribe you and then they put you on a contract. Mm. Well, you can change your. For example, as I said to you guys, schools. We're paying X for schools to have phone lines. Yeah. How many of them are we needing in July and August? How many phone lines do we need in our schools in July and August? Hey, the janitor's got to call home and so say... So how many? So how many? Because <laughs> he doesn't have a cell phone, right? I don't know. One? Maybe for an emergency line or something? Maybe yeah. one? How many do you think are being kept there? All? So one-sixth yeah. of our communication budget for every single school in this province is a waste of money. Yeah. One-sixth. We're not talking about 6% here. We're talking about one-sixth. One sixth. Yeah. And because of the MTS whoring that went on, they just, oh, whatever. Whereas we would go in and go, hey, full complement to June, drop it to one July, August, bring it back up to full complement to September and save this money. Mm -hmm. Nobody's doing that. How many phone lines do you think our seniors are using at the same time in a 100-person senior's home? Our moms and our dads and our, and our grandpas and our grandmas. Kids don't talk to their grandparents. What are you talking about? But the grandparents talk to each other. They yeah. talk to their friends. They no, do whatever. Right. It has nothing to do with the kids. It has to they, do with they, grandma and grandpa have a phone line in that senior's home. They, Everybody does. And they make doctor's appointments. What's that? They, they do that or they yeah. get doctor's appointments being called to them yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah. Mother's Day, etc. But it's probably but, not all the time. But 100 lines out of 100 are being paid for. Yeah. But yet 20 at the most are being used in any given time. Mm -hmm. So why couldn't a company in the middle just go, hey, seniors home. And this is again real. I've done this. We now have done it more than one time. I'm talking about what I came up with five years ago because my mom went into a seniors home. Mm -hmm. And I said, why wouldn't you say, hey, seniors, instead of sending $35 a month out on a check every single month to MTS or shop, you go, hmm, I'm just going to have where I live add $20 a month to my lease and my phone line's taken care of. I don't have to worry about sending out a bill or anything. Now I have 100 people giving me $20 a month. That's $20,000 or $2,000 a month I have in revenue. The cost for 20 lines with me with no contract is $500. So you got $2,000 coming in. You got $500 as a cost. That's an $18,000 lift per year. Mm -hmm. The whole installation was under 18 grand. The return on investment is under one year in order to be able to have that kind of a sharing. My mom now saves $180 a year. The building now generates an additional, actually, including the internet, which we do this too, $42,000 a year per 100 people. I mean, I can spit these numbers on all day to people. So, so I challenge business people. So that's money they can put back into the facility. Buying another, give somebody a raise, improve whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. That's per 100 people. Yeah. I have buildings that have 300. We have a wireless VPN connection connecting one phone system in one building allowing 300 more people to share a system they already bought. Yeah. So tell me what other company in Winnipeg is doing that. None. That's why I said we don't really have an equal. Because we very much focus on it's about the customer, it's about the customer. These guys get fired if they decide to fuck around with anything like that. So, And they've all been brought on board. All the web design, everything about Alpha, and then in the corner. So came on board, did a web for me years ago. Had an opportunity, phoned me up, I interviewed him the next day, boom, boom, you know, he was here and he's now five plus years that's been here. Everything you see from our logo, the words on our website, everything, it's all in-house. Mm -hmm. We have no third party. I write all the words. I, I designed that logo, okay? So yeah. I had a Photoshop guy do it for me, but mm -hmm. it was my brain that came up with it. Yeah. Because I'm not paying a marketing company $1,500 to do something when they don't even know what the blood of this place is about, you mm -hmm. know, whereas these guys all do. So, so what are your core businesses then? So phone, so a huge amount of phones. So we do roughly 
seven, eight hundred different phone line customers across the world, not just here. We have customers in India, we have customers from Fort Tracks Trucking, Salisbury Houses, Quick Transfers, restaurant chains, Sturgeon Creek Dental, blah, blah, blah. All over the country we have. Stob Electronics, we have a hundred people that we actually manage the phone systems in their business in Richmond, BC, from here. So they pay us not only for the lines, again, no contract, so their phone numbers are ported, just like MTS, just there's no mm -hmm. difference in service, except you're more portable, and you're 25 versus 35, and you're no contract versus three-year min, you know, so there's a huge advantage there. Yeah. The free long distance North America, so we have tons of rural customers, for example, that are now saving mm -hmm. because MTS was gutting them for five cents a minute. I remember the days of the landlines in the 70s, 80s, where no, still landlines in business. It was a business plan on the farm yeah. to make a long distance phone call. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And now, so we provide, like, there are not residential so much, more small business. We have some residential just because we know people that want to use our service. Mm -hmm. So that is a big core of it, is the recurring revenue on the phone, the alarm system monitoring, things of that nature, because we do security camera, access control, which is tap to get in the building, all of that, as well as all of the, the logic. You'll see sensors all over this place, you know, and that's really what they are. Is I mean, I can tell when you come in the door, I can, I can tell if I want to go look at the heat maps, I can tell what, where you went. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if we want to actually go to that level, because I have a, I have a master's in statistics, so yeah. I'm a big numbers guy. I like data. So that's like anti-theft stuff, too. Like, some goes missing, you kind of know who's... We can trace back, yeah. Who walked in the door and yeah. went over we there. Have, you, there's, if you look on the outside, we've got about 16 cameras around this building. I mean, anytime yeah. something happens within two blocks of this place, cops are here asking me for video. Really? So, yeah, I mean, Public but our videos too. talk to the the alarm systems as well. So the analytics and stuff going on between them, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's shared data. Yeah. So it's not just a security system and then an alarm system and then an access system. These are all intertwined. So in a big, in a big building, like a big mm -hmm. business, that's also a safety system. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. I yeah. mean, especially... If uh, well, fire breaks out, you can say... So we could have doors lock, unlock. I mean, I know if there's a flooding at my house, I know what... Yeah, like yeah. it's... it's you can tell if somebody's trapped somewhere. Um, if you open up my gates after a certain time, lights in my yard, come on, cameras will actually notify me. A light in my room will come on, so not beep, I can't carry a gun, but I can sure shit have all the sensors around my property. Mm -hmm. My kids can never have a party, it doesn't matter where I go. Like my house will tell me if activity has changed. Yeah. Yeah, because it understands the behavioral aspect of when people come home, when they go, there's a life to your house. So how do you right? find that different like from the days you grew up to, to this kind of situation? I didn't need it when I grew up. Yeah. Now I need it. You have to be the nastiest part. But even living the in the house, like what? Oh, nothing. No, but living in a house like that, like a kid growing up. Oh, my kids love it. Yeah. So, oh yeah, my stepdaughters. I have like I have three girls and I have a boy. My daughters, who have tons of friends, have told me on numerous occasions that their friends love staying at our house. How safe it is, not just because of my personality, but also all the security system, mm -hmm. the alarm, and that. Yeah, you don't you don't come within. My neighbor loves it, like I protect the block, I protect the neighbors on both sides of this building. They've mm -hmm. had stuff stolen, we've gotten it back, like oh no, no, I, I, um, I wish we didn't have to use it, but we do. Yeah. And because we do, we're going to do it very well. Is that going to catch on? Like are more buildings oh, yeah. around the city going to say, oh, yeah, hey, no. I can be a zone? I'm, I'm more or less, I mean, I'm starting to open up this business into Banff. We're going to be start taking it into residential as well because there's a lot of really expensive homes there. So we're going to start using a lot of the analytics because we understand how the logic in that works. Whereas a lot of companies like the, the guys that get into it, they're, they're not, background isn't in it. We're a networking company at our core. Yeah. What we do better than anybody is build networks, okay? IP topology, all of that, because to pass voice data through networks, your network has to be perfect. Yeah. To pass internet data, doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not noticing, but you're noticing mm -hmm. if you're listening to it. Mm -hmm. So this is what, so I mean, that's what we do very well. So we do a big part of our, of our leg is the phone, the phone numbers, the phone lines, the phone business like that, hundreds of customers we have across the country. 
um, managed services, Salisbury houses where we take care of everything for them. Mm -hmm. Those are the two biggest legs of kind of the of the stool. But we do full-on web design, domain registration. I mean, like what GoDaddy does, we do it. We just don't make you pay like GoDaddy does to get yeah. your shit back. Yeah. So everything you see here, that up there, that's custom written by us. It tracks actually where the guys are, how much time they spend, what their calendars overlap. Okay. How many phone lines are live right now behind you? 44 concurrent lines are running right now. The other numbers are information that, that we understand, mm -hmm. but that's real time. So that's how many of our lines being used by Vicar and all the organizations that we have across the, the world. That's how many real-time lines are being used at this exact moment. We'll see that go to up to 80, 90 or whatever at any given time. Like, yeah, it'll spike and we'll, we notice it. We can see if something red flashes up, we can tell that there's maybe somebody's trying to do a hacked call or whatever. So we provide the security at that level as well. Okay. So yeah, so everything you pretty much see in this place is has been written by us or designed by us. So I have some really smart dudes here. a better way to expand your small business's marketing reach? Well, now you can take off by telling your story on Manitobaville, the podcast. Give your small business a boost and take off with a professionally produced podcast interview. Sharing your story has never been easier. Introduce yourself to future clients by sharing your Manitobaville podcast experience. You can speed up client acquisition, you can onboard clients faster, and you can save time and money. The takeoff package includes a 30 to 45 minute professionally produced podcast interview, three custom host read commercials provided by you, a limited marketing campaign through Rodeo Road and Manitobaville social media, a promotional code so your clients can take advantage of special offers, and it costs only $499.99 plus GST. Terms and conditions apply. Supplies limited. Price subject to change. Visit manitobaville.ca to get started today. And email us at howdy at rodeoroadstudios.ca and watch your small business take off. The 3D print part was because I had, we were growing, I didn't want to have my tenants stay anymore because mm -hmm. they needed to get bigger space and we needed to be able to be how we are. And that was hard when you had another company that maybe looked at things a little differently or spoke a little differently than we do. We're a little more bold at times when there's nobody in the building. You yeah, know? Yeah. So it's a locker room and I built this on purpose because I was a scholarship athlete in a couple of different sports. So mm -hmm. I grew up in locker rooms. I wanted to develop a room that this conversation could just happen. Yeah. You can stand up and you can talk to everybody. There's no compartmentalized doors and people yeah. didn't hear. So I'm under the same kind of visual as And it's are. a great way to get a quick truth, quick information, quick But you got to be willing as an owner to shed your ego. Most new owners aren't willing to be exposed as they much as I am. They want everything to go through them. And they want everything to be behind their door and they want to have their private conversations yeah. and do their private browsing. I can't be private. Which means they, they're really doing nothing all day, perhaps. Lead by example. <laughs> yeah. If I'm so sure of myself, be seen. Yeah. That's why I don't have turnover. Yeah. I mean, I bring these guys to meetings. Yeah, you're telling me that. Tell yeah. me how you hire. So you decide that you want to, hey, I, I would like to see if I could work here, Alan. So I go, okay. Tuesday of next week, 
one o'clock. We go to the Tim Hortons or whatever, so you meet me here because I just want you to see it. And we get in my car and we go to Tim Hortons. It's scripted, okay? Mm -hmm. I've developed my own script after doing it enough times. And we go to Tim's down the street or we go to the one in St. James, depending on when, and we sit down and we have a coffee. And I make it very clear to you up front, this is not an interview. This is just to see if I like you or not. This is to see if you like me or not. This mm -hmm. is to see, I'm gonna ask you whatever question I want. And you can ask me whatever question you want. And if either of us don't like it, mm -hmm. we have the freedom to stand up and we have the freedom to walk away and shake a hand and we're okay with that. Right. It's not an interview. And I make that very, very clear. It's like clear. a fail, fail fast kind of thing. It, it's like I don't want to ask what I want. I'm not going to be bound by the stupid yeah. laws of society at this moment in time, okay? Yeah. Because I'm not bound by my friends. If I be And these are my friends. Because you don't want to find these things out two years down the road. No, I want you just like wife number three. We went and I said, Shannon, I'm a pain in the ass to be with. I've learned that through the first two, okay? I didn't do anything wrong, but I understand how I need to be more, a little more forward about what to expect. My wife knew going in, my third one, and we're fantastic because I was much smarter at laying it out. That's what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. This is how this company runs. I don't have turnover. Everything here is smooth. There is no egos here. There is no hierarchy here. It's hierarchy when necessary. I am the same trooper as everybody else in this place. Mm -hmm. Yes, I own it. Yes, I have final say on things, but yeah. do you understand? And I make it clear to people, when you have access to the decision maker of the company firsthand, that's a pretty powerful position to be in. You're not yeah. going through middle management all the way up to get to somebody having mm -hmm. your shit all turned around by the time it gets there. So this is a very open and honest place and if you can't work that way then you shouldn't be here. So I kind of go through that process. And you ask your questions, I want to know if you're married. I do care if it's a guy or a girl. Not for any reason other than I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I'm a curious cat. I wouldn't judge one way or the other. I don't care. I don't care what color your skin is. I can see what it is. But if mm -hmm. you can't speak good English, you're not going to work here. Okay, if you don't have perfect English, you are not going to work here. If you cannot type 100 words a minute or 80 words a minute plus, you're not going to work here because you can't keep up with the rest of us. So mm -hmm. are you still on board? I've never had anybody not be on board. Like yeah. I have people salivate when I talk about how we are here. Yeah. So if you get through my gate, so we call this ritual the gauntlet. Okay, if you get through my gate on Thursday at the same time, you show up here and you sit in this room. And I say, okay, good to see you. And then I leave and they take their shots at you for the next two hours. Mm -hmm. That's the interview. And every one of these guys that's here past probation, which is six months, has the ability to veto you. So if you decided to step out on their mom, their brother, their sister, whatever back in the day and all of a sudden you're now interviewing for a job, he can go, no, Alan, one time in his career. So it's like the Mason's the one argue. Yeah. yeah, I will not argue. I, I will say sorry, unfortunately, I guess you wronged the wrong guy. You can be great and all that, I can love you, but I will mm -hmm. not go against these guys. No, yeah. nobody's ever done it. Because it's part of your ecosystem that to fit in smoothly. Well, guess what? Yeah. When they all give you a thumbs up, and who do you think's training you? It's not me. Yeah. Who do you think's now gonna have to validate for the reasons that they all gave me a thumbs up why mm -hmm. you were actually worth that thumbs up? Yeah. So they now put an extra effort in on making sure that you yeah. were schooled up. We have guides, we have processes, we have how people get hired, how they get onboarded. This is the most emotional yet structured place you're ever gonna kind of meet because there's tons of passion. I'm a very passionate guy, but I also have math degrees. Mm -hmm. So I'm very OCD and I have ADHD. Been diagnosed when I was a kid when I didn't even know what the heck it was. When my brain wraps itself around the logic that something is stupid, I easily yeah. adopt it. I don't, I don't have any, like when I realized smoking was bad, I quit. When yeah. I realized, like, so I have mentally that capacity to be able to accept mm -hmm. things even if I don't want to. 
um, because I now know that that's the right thing and I am so about trying to be right and not judged and then I then I won't do you know things like that and mm -hmm. I have these audience every day that I come here he was 20 years old when he started with me he's 33 years old now yeah. so these guys have been lifetimes and from from um, fresh out of school in some cases you know so that's why we don't have issues with the hiring process because these guys have all gone through that gauntlet every one of them had to be faced by all the other ones and as we build it gets tougher to get on board you know but I have a cap like I know how big I want to get I know what I can manage um, what is it? How many do you employ right now? I'm in it right, right now, there's a, including part-time, 11. 11 people. So, yeah. No, I mean, I can handle me personally. Do they all work on site? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we don't have any remote workers at all. I mean, my accountant, my accountant would be an additional person, but she's a subcontractor. Yeah. So she's not an alpha employee. So you're outsourcing there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I, that accounting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I want to be able to change that one up without having any burden of, of labor. Yeah. yeah. No, there's times that you do not want to be bound to, to certain staff members, and there's times that you do. Right. I've now figured out after a lot of years of managing people which times of those are and it's kind of like knowing when to lease and when not to lease. There is a formula to know when and it's to yeah. spend capital and when it's not to. So mm -hmm. that's one of my strengths is I've managed really, really big companies and then got to watch a lot of big companies make a lot of mistakes yeah. and been willing to go, okay, I'm not going to do that because I would never want to be treated that way as an employee. Now I'm an employer. I'm now having, it's like as a, as a son, I knew how I didn't like being treated. It, it's tough too, eh? Like, uh, I'm just saying in, in, the, in the big picture way, like when, you, mm -hmm. when you've learned all this stuff with other businesses, yeah. and then you stand outside of that and you go, I can be the boss now. Mm -hmm. I like, didn't want to but, be the boss. But, but was that? I didn't want to. No, I wanted what, to manage a company for other people and be paid yeah, well. That yeah. was what I wanted but to what do. What I mean is like, the, mm -hmm. the, what feeling did you have knowing that and then taking that step towards this. Terrified, man. Terrified. Because yeah. now you have. Do you know, you know what you, payroll is? Yeah. But now Terrified. you have to be that guy, right? Yeah. Like the, the boss and no, the I mean, decision I, maker. I, and I started it as a vengeance thing. I started it because I was angry at the guy that fired me because he was having an affair with his brother's wife. That was what I had a problem with. Yeah. I thought the guy was a scumbag. If you could do that to your mm -hmm. brother and your own wife and your own family, what can you do to me? Yeah. And because I confronted <laughs> him with it. That was why I got fired. So I got yeah. fired because a guy was having an affair with his brother's wife, and I wasn't going to tolerate it. Mm -hmm. And people that gave me shit all the time going, well, you know, it's not really anything to do with work, but it has everything to do with work. And if you're going to turn a blind eye to that, what else are you going to turn a blind eye to? Yeah. And I don't work that way. Like, tell me the truth or get out. Like, I, I don't care if I like the truth or not. It doesn't really matter if I like it. Yeah. I'm not, like I say to these guys, there's no excuses for apologies in here. When you screw up, own it. Apologize for it and then move on. Mm -hmm. Learn from it. Yeah. Learn from it. It's a learning. But move on. Yeah. Don't keep going over and over and over. It's like building all... syndrome is what you get with that. So because of that, we haven't had to deal with that. Like I have had probably on two fingers, I can count the amount of times that maybe a couple of eagles got out of line and I had to step up and talk down to somebody. But it's not, and it was gone. You know. Yeah. This, this is a locker room of a bunch of men right now. Um, somebody said, well, you don't have any females. I'm like. I've not had any apply, and any that I have weren't even close to being technically good enough to be able to work into this environment. Mm -hmm. It has nothing. My wife does. My wife does some work for me here on on book, you know, just book stuff and then going through certain things. My daughter that cleans the place. I have um, Varian Spiri who is was born a girl, identifies as a guy who works as one of my part timers downstairs. I know I know his dad. Mm -hmm. So I have I have a gay aunt, I have a gay uncle. I am the last person in the world that cares. I'm half Filipino. I mean I can't really be racial. So yeah. I'm one of those right in the middle Heinz fifty sevens is about as much as you can get. But I'm curious and I want to know why some people think the way they do. I know there's 
I, I would love to add to it, but until we find the right people, we're mm -hmm. But those staples are the ones that have been the consistent, consistent every single month. We, you know, we have a, a recurring revenue that is the majority of what this business, you know, does. Plus, we have time and materials. Plus, we have new clients all the time. We have phone systems in Indigenous reserves. We have. Uh, systems, like I said, in British Columbia all the way to Ottawa, to the chemistry, and you know, Canadian Chemistry Association, that's my phone system in Ottawa. You mentioned, like, you mentioned a place out of the blue, that's my stuff. Like, yeah. So it's one where we, because of that, I think, upper level of solution, mm -hmm. we're not just buying a box with cameras in it and doing it, there's a, there's a lot of it's like you, you watched the science fiction movies back then and now you know it can be like that. Oh, yeah. Because that's what a lot of people say, well, where's all this stuff? Technology was supposed to do this, 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 and this, and people are still billing me like crazy. Yeah, well, that's get welcome like, to the world of like, paying by the month. Yeah, like what's Netflix up with Netflix started it, Disney started it. Well, with all these satellites and with all this stuff, like yeah. cheap technology. But it's not. Do you know how much it costs to send satellites into space? Yeah, but once it's there. So, do you have to recover that R&D? You guys yeah. want to start bitching, start well, bitching how, at the drug long? pharmacies. Hey, how long are we going to keep on paying high dollars for Viagra and stuff yeah. like that? You don't think they've recouped their R&D? Let's talk about that, because you talk sure. about VR. Mm -hmm. You talk about... Uh, I mean, now that's not a product that we do in this No, no, place, but, it's, but one yeah. your, it's one of your interests. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, you say it's a way you get together with your buddies every night without physically having to... Yeah, well, I have friends that are so, all over the country that we yeah. play a game called Golf Plus, and... Ultimately, I, I had friends that got me into golf from a physical standpoint two years ago. Mm -hmm. Drove me crazy until I started golfing with them because they wanted to hang out more and they promised me they'd go skiing with me. So it was kind of a trade-off. So now that I'm into it, in the winters, yeah. it was when the, the MetaQuest 2 and, the, and now the 3 is out, I saw this game Golf Plus, but it was designed where if you were swinging your little controller, it didn't really feel that realistic. It's like swinging a bowling ball that actually <laughs> had no weight to it, you know? Yeah. So I, I took a golf club, cut it off, and 3D designed an attachment um, through three or four prototypes that actually coupled the controller for the MetaQuest into a kind of a cup, and then safety strapped it in there on a two-foot piece of golf club. And that way, when you were swinging something, you were actually really swinging an actual club, so the, the, the VR aspect of it would, would, you know, a little more immersive. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm a bunch of friends. I made a bunch for a bunch of friends and then sent them out to some of them. Some of them had 3D printers, so I sent them the file and I told them, gave them the instructions. So what kind of revolution is 3D printing in your mind? What kind of a revolution is it? Yeah. It's, I guess, in what way? What do you consider? I mean, it's not really well, a when revolution. You think of it. It's an evolution of, of technologies that have been around actually for a while. you got to remember, G-Code has been around since CNC. This is an evolution of... of, of uh, an evolution of subtractive technology added to additive technology because CNC is a subtractive technology, right? You're using G-code to remove things from the block to leave with, with your part. Well, printing, we're going from nothing or adding to something to make the part. We're not removing, we're adding. So hence, additive technology. And you're not printing the negative parts because no. you don't have to take it out later. No. But I mean, there's but my this friends is just, doing 3D design, yeah. doing 3D design in goggles now. They're actually sculpting in right. goggles You're and applications yeah, yeah. and then exporting that file and then doing final tweaks. So you can and work with it. virtual clay and things, right? You're yeah. saying, and then prototype stuff Yep. in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys that are better at sculpting than they are at using a mouse, right? Yeah. Or using a pen. Well, that's the thing, because we're all forced, this computer can do amazing things, but you have to use this little tool. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but in real life, I do, I do it like this. Yep. Exactly. Whatever it is. Now, there's lots of ways to get your results. Sculpt it in real clay, let's scan it. 
Okay. <laughs> Nothing stops you from doing the real media if you don't want to. Yeah. Like I said, if I yeah. want to, at a certain point, I'm just going to go drive my own car. Yeah. If I yeah. really want that thrill, you know, and, and fear that's going to come from the fact that this is real physics mm. and, you know, my wife looking at me like this as I'm taking a corner at 4G or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, she's not always, I'm not getting that <laughs> in the game, you know. Yeah. But, but there's times when it's ugly out like this and yeah. you can't. Or so. a person that works in clay that knows how expensive it is when they just want to try things. Yeah. If you can try it for free, it doesn't have to be perfect in the uh, no, simulator or anything, like that. but you can try things. This is can... what this is all about, and this is really where I think our approach has been much different, is I'm all about empowering and enabling, okay? yeah, yeah. both in how I brought people into this company that might not have gotten those doors opened as easily because they didn't have all that formal paperwork or they didn't have all those degrees and pieces of paper. Mm -hmm. Because I have those, I don't really believe in them to be the final decider into how good somebody can be at their job. I think this environment, I've always believed that environment is conducive to success. I have been a firm believer of that. Mm -hmm. My job is to create this environment to be that. And every one of these guys, I can tell you I make them better in what they do. And they make me better at what I do. So that's your symbiotic relationship, at least within, within this environment. Yeah. And the cohesiveness and, and the team building. Because I grew up with teams being around me. A lot of guys that were very good at tech didn't. It wasn't a team type of a thing. It was a yeah. very solo thing. Yeah. So yeah. the concepts of locker room, which is what I call this, are very alien to a lot of people that it's come from outside of It's antithetical to world. a nerd who sat in their room coding a game. And yet they I didn't just, fit in. in the, they would have been in the locker see, room. I was also in the chess club but they, and yeah. the choir. But they would and have been in the locker room if they're conducive to locker room. But they, they, they weren't yeah. that. And, and yeah. you weren't that locker room part came from physical team sports. That's where it comes from. It yeah. comes from, it's halftime, we're losing that whole ability for a captain to, to rule the room. Yeah. That's what I wanted here. Mm -hmm. I wanted the ability for one voice to stand up. If he has an issue, he can stand up and he can say it out to everybody and we address it. Mm -hmm. I've written things on the whiteboards that are wrong. As you can see, we think, we think tank a lot here. Yeah. You know, uh, we have strategies with, you know, for certain things like, like, for example, this is all red ink because I wrote it. So there's colors that are much more prominent for certain people. Everybody here is color coded. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a whole logic. If you look up here, see how the color coding is on the side of that board. See how there's a legend on the right side of that screen? Oh, on the screen. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's the same thing on the wall beside it with the phone numbers. There's a whole bunch of, like all of this stuff mm -hmm. is, yeah, I know it's all, you see, because I come from that type of a thinking and when I understand how much simpler it makes it for people to see if. Color is the first thing that your brain registers as a child. Yeah. Shape is number two, color is number one. So the most ingrained thing in your head is color to me. So if I can now make it so that we can stop having to worry about who wrote that or whatever, and you just immediately start to associate due to that. That's what I was, yeah, I'm building a system thinking, for these guys. Look for black. We have software yeah. called Pulse that we're working on that actually works with those concepts. We haven't revealed it yet, but we actually have our software for project management. Okay. So, I'm very much about this is stupid, this software out there is stupid, we could do better if we did this, and I now have coders that actually can do this, so it's pretty cool. So a lot of, like Zeus, that's the name of that software that runs up there, because Alpha, okay. this whole Greek aspect of what we do, mm -hmm. so Zeus is the name of the parent engine that controls. Why'd you go with the old gods, like Chaos and those guys? Because, <laughs> no, because I mean, I've always been an alpha male. I've been told that numerous times in my life, so that's where Alpha Technologies came from. The name was literally a two-second conversation. Somebody said, what are you gonna call it? And I'm like. I think Alpha Technologies Group was originally, and then incorporating it was Inc., and then it went from there. And the, the red A, red's a power color, okay? So straight up, you wanna have red, you better be good at what you're doing because red is noticed better than any other color. So Tiger Woods wore red on Sundays. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I went from favorite color being blue to red because once I heard that and understood that concept, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so that's kind of where, and, and Alpha has a certain statement that I wanted to make. And I say to people, it's Alpha, not Beta. Yeah. You want Beta? There's lots of Betas and Gammas and, and, and Thetas out there. It's not here though. Um, I want to filter the people we deal with. I want to pick and choose the people that I'm in business relationships with because they're going to benefit. I benefit from their money, okay? But I can benefit from lots of different businesses' money. But you're going to benefit in a way that is so much greater. Like, for example, Trippy Law downtown. I constantly have the owner of the company saying, I don't know what I would have done without you. And I've literally said to him, I know, you've been screwed because you have no concepts of backup, encryption, cloud, any of these things that you need to understand as a business and you don't know. Right. You have people wandering around with cell phones in your office that could at any time have data of yours on them and you have no control of their cell phones because you don't mm-hmm. understand from a business standpoint, you have to control your hardware. Like, yeah. I've, I've done it. I know how to do it. I have a very well-run business that has gone through bad business partner um, hurting us for years where we're you know we we're still here we're still you know moving forward but the system su- you know suffered through that and it's still here and we didn't lose people and we went through COVID and we didn't lose people mm-hmm. you know we went through all this I didn't we didn't nobody here took CERB nobody here took CERB I kept everybody yeah. employed oh yeah yeah no I don't believe in it because you want to believe in your job it's what you spend eight hours a day doing third yeah. of your life doing so to me, I understood the importance of that being very much tantamount to they needed to believe in me. And so I needed to march a certain way and I needed to keep my ego in check and I needed to never stay because I'm your boss. You know, I don't win arguments because I'm the boss. I win arguments because I'm just happened to be smarter mm-hmm. in that area. So, but it's, it's awesome when you have people challenging you what you're able to accomplish. And when they understand the fact that I'm not here to criticize you guys, I'm here to tell you how to be better. And if you're saying you don't need to be better, does that mean you've peaked already? Mm-hmm. Like if you peaked, like I said that to him one time, I said, when I'm saying and, and saying, hey, let's look at this or we could do this or we should always look at that, I'm not criticizing as much as I'm saying we can be better. If yeah. that's an offensive thing to you, then that means to me you think that you're already peaked. How, how long do you think you're going to last here if I think you've peaked and this is it? Yeah, well, it's you like know? a scientist. They always think they don't know. And that's why they continue with the scientist stuff. Because if you think you know it all, like you stop, you're just going to be sitting there. You stop doing nothing. I don't know it all, but I know a lot more than most <laughs> yeah. because I've made more mistakes than most. It's not. Yeah. It's not an education through intelligence. It's an education through failure. Yeah. My education's come. I'm a product of a million mistakes. Is the term that I use to people. Yeah. <laughs> Everything from the, the life that I mentioned downstairs to to what I've gone through in business, to the people that I trusted and the people that, that I shouldn't have. To wife number three, mm-hmm. it's a learning experience. If I thought I had it right, I'd still be on number one, but I'm not, yeah. you know? So, but I got better every single time I made that decision. And some things are not worth redoing and other things are, you know, marriage was one of them. Mm-hmm. Some things weren't. It's like we and say when, when somebody, <laughs> you say somebody just can't see what's around the corner. I always say, well, you're going to see me coming the other way because I've been around there mm-hmm. and I can help you with what's exactly. around there. But it doesn't mean I don't stop walking around the corners because no. you have to still, it's always changing. you got to know what's going on. I make far less mistakes now and I am working towards making none and I may never get there, but mm-hmm. where's the fault in trying? Yeah. Where's the fault in, you know, it, it's not arrogance to, to well, be good. Life is, editing is, uh, they say it's not about what you put in, it's about what you take out. And so life is life editing is like that. The smarter you get, just means you know what to avoid, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and, know what's worth, and, it. and it'll save you time and energy. I know it's worth and, it. I, I don't I, I don't uh, I don't persevere the way I used to persevere before. 
mm-hmm. because I just choose not to. Yeah. Because that energy, I got better things to do with it. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I'm not out here to prove to anybody. I, I have enough very close friends that will pass judgment with me in a heartbeat if I ask them to, <laughs> that I don't really give a shit what most people think of me anymore mm-hmm. because most people don't have 5,000 people in their Rolodex. You're going to get some bad ones when you have that many people that you know, you yeah. know? And it's one where they're, they're all people that would pick up the phone if I phoned them because I work really hard on building those kind of relationships. Give more than you take, mm-hmm. you know? Just make a friend. I mean, very, very simple things that that I write down on top of whiteboards once in a while, you know, right way wins. Not mm-hmm. your way, not my way. The right way is the one that wins. It can come from, it can come from the, the kid delivering my mail for all I care. I don't really care, yeah. you know, but this whole ego-driven, you know, because I said so, crap's got to go. And I had to be willing to sacrifice thinking it had to be a leadership thing. It's not. It's, it's, it's about keeping a bunch of really, really are you, smart are you, cats. Are you sick of all that stuff online, like LinkedIn and all that, but... What a leader does and what a leader. Oh yeah, does I don't. I don't read any of that garbage. All this, no, uh, yeah, they, none of those blowing. people know. None of those people know. Yeah, I said I had a guy that tried to tell me something the other day. He sent me an email, and I, I <laughs> said something back, and he got smart with me. I says, "You know what, really?" I says, "Buddy, you have an electrical company with two people." And I says, "And you're going to sit there and tell me how to run a business and how to run businesses when I've done what I've done in my life?" I says, yeah. "You know what? Take a look." Like. I just don't have, oh yeah, you're right as always. And I'm going, okay, go grow up, man. Like, see you later. Like, whatever. Yeah. Petty crap like that doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And that's really what's happening here. Guys, I think we're starting to understand what is important in life as we get, you know, like you said, yeah. a lot of this petty crap is not worth it. Yeah, you, you know, start I, avoiding all that clickbait. Well, it becomes yeah. clickbait meme stuff where... Yeah. Yeah, and it, I don't like LinkedIn. I don't like people saying, hey, you know, I read this great article, whatever. Yeah. The stuff that I write, I write myself. It's another original production from Rodeo Road Studios. This episode of Manitobaville, the podcast, is sponsored by Antiquarian Objects, the legend of Manitoba, and your friends at Rotary Road Studios, marketing mavens of the digital range. Podcast, videos, TV, digital media, marketing, analytics, and more. Visit us today at rodeoroad.ca. Rodeo Road Studios. Hang on to your hat. I control what I can, which is this, you know, which is the business, which is is really not being, and this is why we do things the way that we do, mm-hmm. is because we don't want to be with beholden to a manufacturer or beholden to, to a distributor or to a technology, and we're not. Yeah. You know, the 3D print, we, we were ahead of it far before anybody else, and I just wanted to bring it to a light where it was approachable, it was retail, people could walk in, there was a place that you could learn from, there was a place that was not just gonna sell you a Best Buy box. Just before we talk about three D printing, mm. so that's really interesting. Yeah, is uh, with your with your uh, business model mm-hmm. and your leadership uh, ethos. Mm-hmm. Do you do you pass that on to other businesses? Do you give like lectures or courses? In that? Um, 
I mean, I have an outline. I have uh, three outlines for books. So, I mean, my my bucket list number one is to be published as an author. So, I have some stuff that I want to finish writing. And one of them is very much about the structured thought of how I built this company and the sacrifices that I had to make mentally in order to be able to do it this way. Because nobody, I mean, it's not Google. I mean, people always kind of like Google. Mm -hmm. It's not even close to being like Google. I don't see a (laughs) I don't see any beanbag chairs or. No, but I mean, there are certain things as far as hours and mentality that these guys have. For example, yeah. I don't track sick days. I, the term I use is don't get on my radar. Mm-hmm. So, so Do your work, do your job. Yeah. Just if your kid is sick, take a day. If you, you take a day, but if you go now it's two and it's three, now I'm going, mm-hmm. what? That's radar. Okay? Yeah. If I don't notice, I don't care. Get your job done. Yeah. If you get your job done early, leave early. If you need to take your daughter to something tomorrow, then stay later. Do what responsible people do yeah. when they're given privilege. Appropriate trade-offs. Yeah. Manage yourself as a proper adult. Just manage yourself yeah. as a proper adult. No, and that's really uh, <clears throat> what a lot of these guys needed. They were hugely talented, mm-hmm. but always had these people trying to restrict that talent. Mm-hmm. I basically, once I realized the talent, I tried to b- build business around it. You know, so mm-hmm. we do web design websites we do custom application programming for not-for-profits we charge for doing this stuff absolutely we yeah do pro- projection project aspects yeah but these guys didn't have the formal aspect of training but what they knew how to do was solve a problem mm-hmm. and so for example the way we do meetings they'll go do you got five minutes you you okay now and we jump in here and we spend five minutes and we get out if we have a bigger meeting here and all of a sudden your part isn't necessary get up and just walk out and go back to your desk I don't give a shit. Don't sit here because it's got nothing to do with you anymore. Like so, that type of, of mm-hmm. treatment is how I treat guys in here. Yeah. So most guys don't. They don't. They don't give you that freedom mm-hmm. because I trust in the hiring process. I trust in the results of the hiring process. Yeah. So you've gone through my gauntlet. You're probably wired to a certain type of disposition when it comes to how you work. And how many people have you let go? None. Everybody's still here. Yeah. Yeah. I started the process. Well, the f- process started with the second hire so I, I did it he didn't get hired that way but before when I managed another company what happened is that one of the guys my lead tech Justin he was um, waiting to interview at a company that I was the sales manager for and I was looking on the hallway I go what are you sitting there for and he was like oh I'm waiting to meet the owner for an interview I go when he was like two o'clock and it was like 2 30. Mm-hmm. I went what the owner like this is the owner that was cheating with his brother's wife wasn't even respectful enough to show up on time for interviews yeah. so I said hey let's go for coffee so we went walked down this is the MTS bill MTS center at the time walked mm-hmm. down to the Tim Hortons there and had a coffee that's where it started yeah started in 2000 and yeah I think 10 was the first time I did it and then when you first start in a garage you don't really you know you know but as soon mm-hmm. as we got to where we we're actually interviewing people and getting resumes then immediately went in so I would say seven so is that organic? seven years ago because it starts with one person, your first hire, mm-hmm. and then the second person you hire, you say, well, why don't you get to know him too? And then I, well, it just makes sense because it started we're because both going to be working I wanted with the third people person. to be at ease. <clears throat> yeah. So the first part of it is to put you at ease, is to basically, and I tell people, I'm going to lead you down little paths with questions. I'm yeah. going to play with the pupils of but, your eyes. I'm going to yeah. watch how you do your things. I'm going to look for your tells. But what I'm saying is when you started it, mm-hmm. it's like you started with yourself hiring one. And oh, you I started, started yeah, organically. It was yeah, just organic. And this is a good fit. So when you had your third person approach, it well, wasn't just whether they fit with you. 
you want to know if they fit with the other person too. I, it made more sense for me than yeah. I'm not going to depend just on me yeah. being good. Yeah. I now have three, four, five other guys whose opinions. So everything that why comes would in, I not? You want to use the value of that? Yeah, group. it's sort of like a Tetris kind of thing where exactly it has to fit with everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you don't, then it's going to be awkward and odd, and yeah. there's no point. The same. I said I don't want somebody who's going to be offended by somebody dropping the c word, for example. Yeah. I don't need an HR nightmare. Yeah. I don't need somebody being offended by something because somebody exhibited a verbal shit show. Yeah. Okay, welcome to life. Yeah. So what? Yeah. I don't want that to be a nightmare in my... And I don't need to have an HR department until I reach a certain size. Yeah. So I will keep things compartmentalized so I never need an HR department. Yeah. I will keep separate little companies. I have two other number companies I can use because mm -hmm. I don't want to have to have an HR department in the middle. Right. I want you to know I decide your fate here. Once you're in, you screw it up. I mean, I, I can just go, okay, hey, stop it. Stop it. Guess you're stopping it. Yeah. And I don't know of any of these guys that could learn to work like this anywhere else. Yeah. Because, no, it's too, you're able when you have kids. I have, you know, two little kids, one little kid, two little kids downstairs. You need to be able to go to a Christmas concert. You need to be able to do those things. I built a place that I would have loved to have worked at. Yeah. that I wished I would have been treated like. I would have been way more loyal to those companies had they treated me that way. Because it's not. These guys make less than what they would make in a government job of the same type. Mm. Probably 10% less. But the privileges that they get, they would never have at that, you know? Yeah. And they will make more by the time I'm done, you know? But we're, we're now ramping up, you know? So we've got a lot of the things, like I said, our infrastructure's built. I, I'm a big believer in demand with supply. Don't go and create a need for your products and you can't provide the, the supply for it because it's the worst thing that you can do. So, mm. for example, we have designed our own software around, um, instead of you wanting a phone system quote where I get on the phone and I take notes and I email and do all that, we've called it funnel. So I took what I normally do in a full sales process and I reduced it to a flowchart. And then I had them program it. And so now you get a link and that link goes, hi, what's your name? And you put in your name and all that next. And then we answer a bunch of questions that I would normally ask you. You're going to answer them yourself. And when it goes to one of my guys, they hit process. It builds the quote. It actually gets you your leasing rates. Everything has been programmed automatically. Yeah. I can do thousands of those a day. I'm not even involved. There's mm -hmm. sales school closing now. I had nothing to do with them anymore. We've taken how I did things and we've repeated it in a form of software to do the gathering. It doesn't do everything. But it does 80% of it, which is now giving me the ability to respond. If I were to advertise, I can now respond in kind to the demand. Right. So we think of things, hey, if this happens, what will we need? If this fire starts here, what do we need? Where's our break? Like, we do that and we do that very, very well. So, so that's one of the strengths that we have is there's no, we weren't groomed by some professor in one way to do things. Mm -hmm. We were groomed into solve the problem kind of a ways. And when you have this many resources, both internally and then you add the electricians and the clients and the plumbers and all that that we also have as friends. Yeah. Not many problems that we can't solve, you know, with a phone call or two. So, so that's really been, the, I think, teaching these guys a lot is, is it's the team that wins. This is about the team. You yeah. know, this is about this group of people. Even the kicker's got a, you know, he's got his day type of thing. So yeah. those are the things, if you didn't play on teams, you didn't get those in your ear all the time. So I'm kind of, you know, giving them the, the technology version of, of, of go team, you know, so... That's, yeah. that's really neat. Yeah. yeah. And, again, and so far, it's, it works. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of energy in this place all the time. We're always busy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll have co like clients come in here and they'll watch when we've got, like, yeah, three of the guys are out right now doing an on-site install. Um, and they'll just watch how these guys interact. And 
like I don't notice it. That's normal to me. Yeah. But I've had my lawyer just go, "That's amazing." He goes, "They just they just know how to help each other." Like this guy will say something, all of a sudden that guy will answer from over there, and I go, "And I know that's it's intelligent design. That yeah. was what I was trying to do." So yeah, I do want to teach other companies how to do that, but most importantly, other owners need to be taught how to do that. You know, oh, I my one of my goals is to go in into efficiency um, work for companies to go in there and you pay me a shit ton of money per day for me to watch how you work, ask you a bunch of questions, talk to some of your staff, and then go, okay, here's how you're blowing it. Yeah. Because I can, we are so, because we've built ourselves in a garage, and I would, so when we had the whiteboard, these guys all know accounting. So you don't have to, but I made it very clear when a quote happens, what happens when a customer approves it, how it turns into a sales order and a purchase order, and I would take these pieces of paper in the old garage and I would move them to different sections of the whiteboard that had lines drawn. This is the quote, this is this. And they all learned how yeah. you know, a business works. And that's the trick too. Usually it's, it's somebody having their eyes open to the actual thing. Mm -hmm. This is what this looks like. This is where this or information goes. Or being very goes. aware of the result that you want. It's kind of yeah. like... Um, this is why this information goes in this place. Yes. Because it comes out here yeah. and it means this happens. Mm -hmm. And then people go, oh, okay, I see the, what goes in and what comes out. And but nobody's taking the time to explain business yeah. to these guys. Yeah. Well, because most owners are so threatened, they don't want that other guy to know that stuff. I'm not threatened by people. I'm, I will forever know stuff that people won't be able to figure out. So I'm mm -hmm. not worried and threatened by people knowing stuff. I tell people all the time how to do stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's my company. Well, if you want somebody to, to help you do it, it's my company. They, they got to know how. <laughs> but if I can make them better, who profits? Me? Yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah. So do they, but so do I. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is a symbiotic relationship, but it has to be portrayed that way from the beginning. You have to have people coming on board understanding that concept. Yeah. That's part of what our interview process does. Yeah. You're going to be better because of this job. Yeah. You're not going to make us better. Yeah, there's no, there's no blind spots. There's no bottlenecks. There's no... No. You're just allowed to get your job done properly, and you're going to know what that job exactly. is. Exactly. And how to do it. And 3D print is tantamount to that same idea. I don't have a roadblock when I have a 3D printer. I can come up with a solution no matter really what it is. If I need a product that's got an angle of this and a shim like that for my GoPro, I can make it. I don't have to wait for somebody to make it. I don't have to wait for it to be on Amazon. I don't have to wait for somebody to even think of it. I can do it. I mean, when you have an idea and you can go into something like that golf club thing, and mm -hmm. I'm talking from when I came up with the idea to when I actually had a working prototype was less than 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, my friend freaked out. He couldn't believe I had a golf club the next day. Yeah. We, we were trying to buy one that some company was making that was really janky. It had like all these straps and stuff on it. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's silly, whatever. And, and we weren't getting a response on our order. Mm -hmm. So we finally just canceled the order. I said, I'm just going to make it. And then <laughs> the next day I made it. Is your podcast working for you or are you working for your podcast? It's not easy finding the time to turn your ideas into great content. And right now, Streamer's got more podcasts than I believe I've ever seen. But if you're different and want to stack the deck in your favor, we can get your production on track and help you to find your audience. The good folks at Rodeo Road Studios will help you particularize, synthesize, and optimize your podcast broadcast. Get your show on the road by visiting 
rodeoroad.ca. Rodeo Road Studios. Hang on to your hat. term I use is you have your own island but you also have a visitor to your island mm -hmm. so you know you are main web but he can do web he's a SQL server main but that one can this like so everybody's got a, a prime second yeah. you know so he's doing a lot of phone but he's also second when it comes to camera and security he's number one on the security side of things so this is all yeah you know and they, and they all work together and they all learn you know off of each other so it's um it's a really really good mix of people like I there's times I sit back and I'm, I smile to myself because of how well this works because I just made it up. You know, I just continually made changes as we went and I didn't mm -hmm. try to force my way if I recognized that there might be a subtly different left or right way that was working, then I'm more than willing to shift mine instead of having to slap everybody back. So, and that comes with maturity and comes with realizing that it's in the best interest of the company for me to be willing to be malleable, you know? So, so yeah, so it, uh, it, works, it works quite well. Works quite well. Great bunch of guys. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I, I, I like coming to work every day, you know, sick times or less, I find if you're enjoyable that way and you're free that way. So, but it says, like, to go back to what you're saying, it's an evolution of technologies because we've reached a point where we've got, it's not just the materials, it's, it's the, um, uh, the instruments that we're making these things from, the cheapness of some of the quality materials, the, the metal, the extrusions, the, the equipment that is able to build the pieces, to build the kits. Like, I mean, all of these things have come to a head, but also the software that has reached certain points, the internet that has allowed the sharing of all of these files and information for people. Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's to me, outside of the, the computer and the internet, right now, in, in manufacturing, by far the, the, the most important technology on the planet, bar none. When you're looking at, you're going to be building houses. We're going to be building rocket engines. We're already using 3D print technology to build rocket engines so that they can do tests quicker. So my question in that regard is, what what are the materials you can use to 3D print? Like, what are the range? Right. No, you can print in anything depending on how much you want to pay for your equipment. You want to do metal printing? You can, but you're going to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for laser heated extruders. Because you have to heat that metal and thousands of degrees. Then you got to have an environment. Now you yeah. need to have exhaust systems. So yes, anything's possible. It's possible. Yeah, they're already doing it. Okay. You look at the guys at Tesla and that they're already using 3D printing machines to do some of the metal work and things like that. Oh, absolutely. You can yeah. print out your frames. You can print out houses are being printed. Concrete structures are being printed. Concrete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen some of that on the internet. I found that. Really interesting to watch a house being printed with cement. It's as long as we go and, and I mean, and I don't think it needs to be cement. I mm. think that cement is a foolish product to use in all honesty. I would rather see them use an injection of some type of a pressure tank with a catalyst and foam. And actually, you know, mix two chemicals, have a foam creation in a pressurized environment that now spits out through your extruder, so to speak. And you use that and then you slap something that's made more, more uh, sun slash resistant on the outside of that foam, but build your insulation. You know, well, you build your insulation walls. Because exactly. you can shape that after. Exactly. Yeah. You could probably shape it with a blade if you needed to. That's you know what I mean, mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's foam like that spray is foam. foam. Spray and then foam. once you start putting the other things on there, now you give it rigidity and you give it its ability, but so much, e exactly. 
that's what I'm thinking. And so I think, and that way you've got insulation, you've got all of these other things. Concrete's great insulation, but concrete is expensive, mm -hmm. heavy to haul. I mean, you know, you've got so many things with concrete that are a problem. With foam, would you even need an external? Depending on the type of foam. I don't know like enough about that, but if you had a proper urethane foam or whatever, probably not. You could just paint it or something. You'd probably paint it or spray paint it. Yeah. You know, for, spray it with a vinyl spray paint that gives you waterproofing. Or you just spray, water water spray paint so it looks like vinyl siding. Exactly. <laughs> you You'd have a machine that just goes by with a bunch of sprayers and just goes like that and then gives you that look. I mean, look at what we can do now. Yeah. So so I think that the, the reach we're already seeing, I mean, they're already testing whether you can 3D print in space. They tested in the International Space Station. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to ship raw materials and build what we need out there. We're not going to be building it here and shipping it out there if we, if we get to that point. So... You know, the same, if, if we can build our own tools and then take them down, how wonderful is that? You so know? with your business here, you'll print mm -hmm. stuff for people. Yep. But is there, I, I know you're talking about getting them into schools or helping education systems. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean for your business? Well, I mean, for, for number one, we're local. So this way it gives these schools the opportunity to have a local provider, both of the products, the materials, but also the, the intellectual resource part of it. We can bring to, to task the fact that right now what we're working on is providing to teachers because we've spoken to enough of them. There are teachers that have never even seen a 3D printer and yet they're going to be teaching it. That's like somebody never knowing yeah. how to do math and teaching math. Yeah. So that's not going to change. Whether I like it or not doesn't matter. That's the solution is not to bitch and moan about it. The solution is to come up with a way to help these people to reach a certain level of competence. So what Lyle and I are, have worked on and, and Lyle is, is constructing is a, is a, a curriculum so that when we teach some teachers, say we take them for a three-hour course, we can then also provide you materials for you to then use to take what you pack, we pack you in and go and spread that out over a course load with students or whatever. So we already are building the curriculums for teachers. Part of what we're doing on Monday is gathering more information from them because we're talking to beginners all the way up to people who maybe have used it for a while. So that's the problem is there's such a breadth of knowledge and the bigger problem with the schools is they got shit equipment. Mm -hmm. They're buying equipment that they, they're being given whatever to use. And the stuff they have now doesn't even have warranty coverage or support coverage after next year. And they're $2,500 when they could have got five decent printers for the same. And the more printers, the better. There's not, you do not need industrial level printers in a school for kids to print. Yeah, yeah, because you're just learning and you can do it at a small scale. You don't need it now. I mean, I have stuff that is at that level. And, but I mean, I'm producing things for people. Like right now I'm printing out a Panthenon. So I'm printing out a big, huge, beautiful, uh, modern art sculpture that a guy did that has, if we were to put a soccer field inside of a more, you know, Parthenon type of a structure with the columns in the front and that. So this guy did this big architectural model and I'm actually printing it out at home right now. <laughs> I just started today, it's gonna be two days. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because I wanna show these schools, here's, what here's the kind of stuff that you can do. Mm -hmm. Not just have it on paper, but have the ability to have this model on your thing that people can... That could uh, be like a year-end class project kind of thing. Something you work towards. Yeah, like there's a printing the base right now on a big, huge printer at my home. Wow. So yeah, so it's about, it'll be about this big, yeah. like with the columns and everything in detail. And I'm printing it in a marble filament. So, so is that what they do, do they use that now for architecture? Like oh, yeah. Yep. So here's what your building's going to look like? I mean, I want to get architects to that next level where they actually are doing it. I think that's a differentiator between the beginner and the, and the non-beginner is the fact mm -hmm. that, hey, here's your building on paper. Here's a little 3D print of it that you can take home. Yeah. That'll last forever. It's not like those cardboard ones they build. Yeah, no, you take this, look at it. But I mean, it's just adding to that whole marketing aspect of the things. You can go and you can now turn it or lift the roof off and take a look, you know, inside of it or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So... 
Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, that's the side that I see for that, for anybody, people that are, we've done stuff for Manitoba Film. And what does Manitoba Film do? Manitoba Film is, is making props and things like that because they don't need mm -hmm. to be real 1960s Chicago grandfather clocks anymore. Yeah. You print them, spray them down, make them look good enough. Yeah. The movie industry is now going to be affected by it. Yeah. You, you could print the stuff you need for your movie sets and then just basically shred it down and destroy it when you're done. I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many different things. You don't have to keep libraries of materials and stuff. Print Even. out your armor for your armies. Print out your chainmail for your, you know, instead yeah. of getting real chainmail and everything. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's just me thinking off the top of my head. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I can think of a never-ending amounts of things that we can do with this technology. So we could go all day. You know, I you print out your own cardboard boxes for heaven's sakes. I mean, it's, and the technology is only going to get bigger, and we're going to be able to print out things bigger, and the costs are going to come down. It's going to be like everything else. And is it greener? Like as far as the material, I mean, the materials we're using is polylactic acid. It's a corn-based material, so it is a, a you could shred it or whatever. You're not hurting the environment with with certain types of plastics. Other yeah. ones, you're hurting the same as you would any other single-use plastic. You know, thing is, these don't have to be single-use. Right now, they pretty much are. You're taking mm -hmm. a roll of filament, you're printing it out. Nobody's recycling the filament because there's too many different types of plastics. You would have to have a guy sorting out every plastic. It's too much of a pain, and mm -hmm. it's always going to be brown. When you start to mix all your colors together, you just get brown. Yeah. So, so, but it's not something that, that is uh, like, like Lego, for example, is a material that's not going to biodegrade ever. Okay? Right. We can print in that material. That's ABS. We don't typically because it's not really needed for anything. But it all depends on the application that you're doing. Is there food grade? Plat like yep. food grade materials too? Yeah. Yeah. I have stuff I can print that I can put in a dishwasher. Food grade means two things. One is that it doesn't, in order to print proper food grade, you can't have any particle lines. You can't have any layer lines for food particles to get into. But <clears throat> you want to use a measuring cup that you 3D print out of it and you throw it in your dishwasher under a steam setting, there's no particles that are living underneath that setting. It doesn't matter where they are. So yeah, there, there's mm -hmm. different levels of food grade though. So yeah. But I mean, I use, I've, I've seen 3D printed chopsticks. I've seen 3D printed everything that people use. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So you're not going to ingest any of the plastics. But if you weren't to to soak it or whatever, and you were eating something and you left those 3D printed chopsticks out, you've got little fine layer lines in there that food particles and that could be trapped and turned into something bad. Yeah, you could. But you can do that with a fork if you don't clean the middle of the tongs, you know yeah, what I mean? wooden so chopsticks. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. So what else? I don't know. What else do you want to ask? That's what I said. People come in and ask for questions. I just give answers. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> I don't write the script. <laughs> How would, you sum, how would you sum this all up? Alpha Technologies is a company that was built out of what was necessary, especially in this province, not just in the world, but in this province. So, I mean, the phone line came out of a need for a good phone provider that wasn't the incumbent, that wasn't going to soak people in contracts. The way that we do the managed services was so businesses weren't going to be saddled with having a guy that wasn't the guy they should have is to help you to secure their stuff and that moving forward because he wasn't the best. 3D print came along because it was a need for certain things that we're also, you know, we're into. And, and so there was another tool that we just realized we were very good at and that it had applications far beyond what we were doing with it. And so as I was into it way earlier than most were, I mean, 2011, you know, so you're pretty much looking at most people didn't even know that that existed at that time. And now we're very much at the cutting edge of it, not the bleeding edge of it. We're still building relationships with the right manufacturers. But it's about the applicable aspect, and that's what Alpha's always been about: is the application of it. You know, we're we're coming up with a structure, but then we're applying it to small business. 
in the very, very beginning in this company, I had said, let's, how we build our network, how we build our security, our firewalls, our, our backup schemes, all of that stuff, how we do that is what we want to repeat to our customers. So let's build something that is bulletproof for us and then repurpose it at scale to other clients because if we're using the same hardware, if we're using the same methods, then anything we encounter is a preparatory for a counter for, for our clients. So that logical mentality is really what drove this place forward and still is what makes decisions today. It's, it's very logic-based. If I get beat up by logic, I'm kind of smiling to myself, thinking <laughs> right on, these guys got it. But we're you know, right now exploring new, new avenues. I'm exploring some areas in robotics that we're looking at right now that we've had people approach us about cleaning robotics, like that area mm -hmm. for warehouses and that. So I'm looking into that area because it falls just right into our wheelhouse because network, you know, the whole aspect of how everything has to talk. Mm -hmm. When you're really good at that part of it, it makes the, the road easier to understand. And so in that way, it's, it's um, really, I, I have no idea what direction we're going to go. I'm just kind of happy. I probably am exploring three or four different ones and we'll see as we get there. But the term I use is, is I tend to spot vacuums and then I find ways to sell air. And that's kind of my mentality <laughs> is I see when there's a need and then I go and I build a, uh, an understanding and a solution that people who have the need can understand. You know, but most importantly, I try to make sure I understand the ROI of it. Like I understand the economic part of it. So mm -hmm. I'm a business guy at my core. If somebody says, hey, what's the ROI? I can tell you. There's nothing we do in here. If you said, why do you guys do it that way? As you've seen, you can ask us why. And it's like, here's why. Because that day we did this and then we found that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very easy to lead when you can have a bunch of guys that are following along that same you know, mentality where there's no one person that's dictating anything. It's a, it's a very, it is a hive mind you know, mentality. So and your safety in, in that. I mean, Lyle was the last hire, he's been here about a couple of years, and he said, he said, I feel safe here. Not job security, yeah. most importantly, just from a standpoint of how we are as people. Mental health. Mental health, but also if somebody screwed to them outside, I'm a mother bear. I says, I'll, I'll make a phone call for you, Lyle. But I mean, no, I protect my own. I protect my own because I grew up wanting to have somebody that was treated me that way mm -hmm. and didn't. My dad is a dick, so I mean, I didn't really have that growing up. So you tend to sometimes become, if you're a good person, that which you wished you had, you know? Yeah. So I'm a great dad um, because I didn't have a good one, you know? So that's the mentality that I've used moving forward and I sleep really well at night. I don't have any conscience issues at all. And You know, this year one of my resolutions was, um, I told people, it wasn't a resolution, I just said one of the things I came to terms with is that I have no forgiveness for anyone left. My best friends are like, what? And I go, I have, I have zero forgiveness for you. You will never have to forgive me of anything. I will never cheat, lie, steal, flirt with whatever, ever. And I know that. So why then should I have to have some forgiveness ready for you? You're going to screw up somehow that I need to forgive? I'm not talking about you forgot to get me coffee. I'm talking about serious stuff. I go, mm -hmm. I'm walking forward now with no pool of forgiveness left anymore. It's all gone. So everybody should conduct themselves accordingly. So it's just being very open to people about you know, how I see moving forward because I don't, I'm getting older. I don't have time for the bullshit anymore, you know, and I'm not going to keep on explaining that to people, you know, I'm just going to all of a sudden, you're just not going to hear me anymore because I've left, <laughs> you know, so yeah. there's enough good people in the world to put my effort and energies into that and that do the same for me, you know, so, so that's really the whole mentality of this place is that is, it is a byproduct of my personality. I mean, this is how I am at home. I have a very 
my home doesn't have any drama you know there is a hierarchy and I mean there's a patriarch type of hierarchy in the home my wife's the power behind the throne but I'm the one that's mouth is the one that's open that the kids listen to I mean I got a 23 to 29 year old and I got four of them and three of them are at home still and they got boyfriends and stuff like that so there has to be a set of rules or there's chaos well that same mentality is here the same mentality with my friends I am very straight to my friends about how I feel about things without yelling and screaming and I'm very straight to these guys as well so to me the honesty is really the core of how it's worked but it's also the core of how we communicate so you know anybody gets an idea here they can bring it up write it on the board and we explore it Hey folks, just a reminder, our email is howdy at rodeoroadstudios.ca or you can use the contact form at rodeoroad.ca. You can visit us on social media, just search for the Manitobaville moniker. And we appreciate every like, share and comment that you care to make. And visit our YouTube page, Rodeo Road Studios. And when you watch that video, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Alan Castell, for taking us inside the mind of Alpha Technologies. It's interesting to see a person put their company where their philosophy is. You don't see that every day, and I hope it trends. I hope it trends upwards because that's the kind of thing we all want to have is a, a safe place to work, a kind and open place where you can throw ideas around, build ideas, build product, satisfy customers and still earn a living that you can uh, be happy with. Uh, it's kind of half the battle, eh? it's just uh, showing up and feeling right. Okay, so that's it for this episode of Manitobaville, the podcast. I'm Mahangel, and I look forward to seeing you again on our next episode. Manitobaville, the podcast, is a production of Rodeo Road Studios Limited. Copyright 2024.